the guy who was in charge of their missile defense refused to launch because he was like, there's no way they're that fucking stupid. Yeah. And, uh, thank God. Right. I mean, so he didn't, um, I think he ended up in a gulag in Siberia for that. Um, even though there was no attack, (laughs) yeah, and he saved, you know, millions and millions, if not billions of lives, but story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Uh, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't uh, know. Planes that they're building. And police in Espanola are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. Weird animal-like creature that was shot. Wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome everybody to Strange Uncles. I assume I'm Shane. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Um, and I am redacted. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of allegedly and redacted, I think, on this episode. <laughs> Call me crazy. So what's going on, man? Oh, not much. You know, just uh, trying to make some lifestyle changes, doing dry January because I was too lazy to do dry January. So I started in the last week of it and I'm going (laughs) to do February to make it, you know, not not extra short. Quite so bad. Um, It's funny because I told the wife that she goes, did he misspell that? Is that I go? No, no. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) you've seen the text I send. Who knows? That could be on purpose. That could be I was too lazy to fix it or just didn't see it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Get on the short bus train for that one for sure. Uh, Good for you, man. No, same thing here. I think it's just we were talking about it earlier. It's like fucking wintertime. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy winter, but Man, you get like, this is a time frame where you get lethargic. Like you got it, you know, you kind of get cabin fever, especially working at home most of the time, which is what you and I do now. Oh, I'm jealous. I don't work at home most of the time anymore. I'm back in the office three days a week. Oh, is it three? I thought it was like two. They boosted up. No, Tuesdays through Thursdays. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think most companies are going with that. Again, not stock business, but uh, yeah. I mean, look at uh, what Google laid off. 10,000 people last week and Amazon laid off a slew. So like 17,000, but I mean, yeah, <clears throat> I'm not sure what Google's overall em- employee number is, but 17,000 people is like 1% of right. Amazon's employees. Right. Agreed. It's a big, I mean, it it's a big for number. those 17,000 right. people. That's a lot of people, but yeah. like overall. Yeah. Well, you know, and it goes back to, uh, oh shit, there's a global pandemic. How do we fix it? Let's bring people on and not have a game plan to get out of it. Well, and also I've noticed something in the business world that's really funny, whereas like captains of industry tend to uh, take credit for every ebb and flow of the market that they had nothing to do with that goes in their favor. (laughs) Very true. And then uh, blame their staff for every ebb and flow of the market that goes against their favor. You know, it's like. Mm -hmm. Oh, we had a record year. We're business geniuses. It's got nothing to do with everyone had extra government money and everyone was working from home, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. And then now that things are slowing down, it's not that you know, gas prices are through the roof and everyone's bosses made them come back to the office and now they're losing money like because they have to spend money they weren't spending to do all that shit yep. so they don't have extra income to buy shit. 
can't have anything to do with that. It's just you fuckers aren't trying hard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And it's the same thing with like inflation and shit like that. Like nobody can get an eyeball on why it's happening. Is it happening? What's going like, it's just, it's a weird, well, it's naked you know? corporate greed, Shane. Oh, I mean, well, like the largest tech manufacturer in the nation is making record profits. Yes. And that's why eggs are seven bucks a dozen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, but started. they don't want to talk about that on <laughs> Oh God, tinfoil hat time. They don't want to talk about that on the mainstream media. <laughs> oh, of because not. because like they're they don't want to piss off their corporate overlords, just like politicians, just mm-hmm. like everybody else, you know. So instead you've got the Fed chairman saying it's that people got too big of raises, even though wages mm-hmm. have been largely stagnant since the fucking seventies. Right. So Well, and here's the no. thing too, you know, it's just like everything's askew. Like everything's askew. All these little stories that they fucking Ed Game. Okay, we're on a soapbox. Bear with us, listeners. So <laughs> it's like all these uh, reports they had when COVID started. You know, again, you and I are not political. You know, we know where we land. Definitely not Trump people, right? So there's this weird thing. I'm not there. political. I'm an anarchist. <laughs> there's totally difference. But when they sit there, when he was in the White House going, oh, number one president lost more jobs. And they're fit the finger pointing, dude. Yeah, no shit. He was in charge when we went through a global pandemic. I, and God, totally mismanaged it. it. Mismanaged it, true. But at the same time, it's like, can you please paint a clear snapshot of what is correct and not what's correct? And they don't do that because no. it's all and, fluff. And, you know, I mean, everyone overplays and underplays the power of the executive branch all the time. Too, oh, it's wild. Hundred like, percent. Yeah, like the president can't do a whole lot about the economy, whether they're Republican or Democrat, unless they're actively trying to undermine labor strength or they're actively trying to you know otherwise it's like executive orders you know like yeah they can they can do an executive order and put out a stimulus package and that's going to be a short-term fix but like unless congress passes legislation to increase the minimum wage and uh regulate the market more so that there's not so much like naked uh price gouging and and uh stuff like that and we undo some of what reagan did to uh destroy the strength of labor unions, oh, it's just going to be like Jesus. this forever. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's, it's revolving door and it takes a team. And that's the thing. Absolutely. You know, you got to figure head. There's only so much you can do, but you know, and again, when they're squabbling like 10 year olds in the fucking Congress, it's like, come on people. Well, and it, it you know. comes back to, again, uh, everyone's beholden to their corporate overlords or their donors, you know, hundred percent. Well, you know, so, yeah. I mean, funny. Anyway, funny thanks we for talk coming to, <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining us on the strange uncles uh, meet the press or whatever that <laughs> political is. Political 60 minute rant. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, honestly, it kind of fits into uh, the lane of what we're going to talk about today. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. So I don't know. Do you got anything else on your side? You want to you want to kick this fun one off? Oh, God. <laughs> Again. Uh. Well, uh, since we're already probably on one list or another, I guess we might as well. I know, right? Exactly. Um, they already, yeah. There's no change in that for sure. So, well, folks, we got a good one for you today. This isn't really necessarily as weird as it is uh, diabolical. I think more than anything, and and it goes right in the same vein of what we were just talking about. Everybody has an agenda. Everybody, ha- it's getting one up on somebody. It's being the bigger dog, and this exactly is what we're we're going to talk about. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, we it. tend to steer clear of conspiracy stuff when it's like obviously bullshit right right but when it's real conspiracy stuff it's kind of fun <laughs> something totally different and and i'll be honest with you and this doing all this research and stuff like dude i i mean holy shit some of the things i crossed over it's like wow that happened like it happened these things occurred 
in our history, in our timeline. It, it's just phenomenal. You know? Yeah, some of this stuff, there's no allegedly about it. Yeah, yeah, right. And we'll, we'll, don't get us wrong. We'll throw a couple allegedly's out there just to cover ass, but uh, at the same time. Yeah, this should be a fun one. So, yeah, yeah, let's, uh, let's kick it off here. So, you know, it goes without saying. And we've said this before, but mankind is inherently shitty. After, just with the conversation we just, I mean, we just got done having, right? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's it's something. Uh, whether it's how we treat each other or ideas that we screen, scheme and plan to get a one-up on someone else is fascinating. And you know what, man? A little bit sickening at the same time, right? So, but no one knows and no one does it better than governments. Uh, not just our government. I mean, you know, we don't want to be one-sided here. So let's just say most governments always have an agenda or handshakes happening behind closed doors, planned backstabbing of another group or organization, right? I mean, we, we just got done talking about right now in this country with the fucking megas and the extreme right or left. It doesn't matter what side. The pendulum mm. is not in the middle. I mean, it really is, mm. is tough. Oh, I'm going to disagree with you on that there, but oh, fair enough. Well, I mean, if if you're talking about the extreme left being like uh, fucking tankies and like authoritarian left. Yes, yes, that's what that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But uh, most people in this country think that the Democrats are extreme left. (laughs) True. true. (laughs) You know what I mean? Very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definition around it, too. No, but I mean, when you go to that again, there's no common ground. You know, it's just it's insane. Uh, and so, but we digress because, you know, we, we, we both know where we stand, you know, and it's just at the end of the day, no matter what, we recognize shitty behavior when we see it. Um, and no other entity in our government has had past, present, and I'm sure future shitty behavior as of the infamous CIA. And again, just to put it out there, we know there's other organizations that are probably just as diabolical. And this is a tip of the iceberg. Look at you, NSA. You know? <laughs> right <laughs> this right down the road in salt lake city crazy um but this is the tip of the proverbial iceberg when it comes to just talking about the cia and uh, it seems they have actually carved out a nice little niche of their own dastardly underhanded behavior um it's weird it's almost like watching a real life villain trying to tie a, a check to the tracks when the train's coming it's just it's Fucking crazy snidely whiplash you know? <laughs> yeah that's what exactly what i was thinking and uh, my mustache <laughs> yeah uh, it's, it's insane. It actually is insane. So, uh, with that being said, there was a crazy time in our country's history. Again, we can't cover the whole thing, but we can snapshot a little clip of our history and we're going to do that. So stand by ladies and germs. We're going to actually weave a story that uh, again, almost kind of too hard to believe. Um, a government so desperate to get ahead of whatever cost at whatever cost and an organization that had no problem stepping up to the proverbial shitty plate to knock one out of the park. Like, it's just crazy. Um, quick note yeah. on this, too. We will say, so, you know, we're pretty positive that you listen to this podcast. You know, you're aware of some of the larger, huge CIA operations that occurred. Uh, and we're going to speak, you know, NK Ultra. Operation Paperclip. Um, again, if you guys aren't aware of those, go find them because they are crazy. Um, and of course, allegedly the JFK assassination, which to this day, just like nine eleven, is spent. Well, again, allegedly, right? Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. so like popular theories is that it was that Oswald was, was a patsy and that uh, mm-hmm. was a combination of the CIA and the mafia. But uh, mm-hmm. 
I don't know, man. That one's a little weird. I will go on record saying, though, that it's yeah. basically been proven that the FBI was involved in the Martin Luther King assassination. So, you know, mm, yeah, I mean, the government's too. full of it. Good point. Good point. Well, and you brought up a very good example. Those things are huge. Like, they're literally an episode in themselves uh, it just to go through all the wormholes. Like, it's crazy. So we didn't really want to go down that road, although we kind of know where that road may lead. <laughs> eh, it is what it is. Um, so we're actually going to do uh, some of the smaller ones, and we're going to start kind of, I guess, Luke Cold and then we'll work our way up to hot as we go through this episode. Um, it, it's crazy. Uh, the trickery, the deception that they literally wrote a handbook on, which we will cover, and the desperate links uh, it took to actually undermine the enemy and uh, and get ahead of the mind games, which, uh, again, you know, right? We, we know how this game's played. So, yeah, so we're going to focus you know. on like uh, kind of the early years, like the, you know, last half of the 20th century Cold War kind of era mm-hmm. type stuff, because that's when it was really fun. <laughs> I guess fun's not the right word. My, my God. Well, you but. know, it depends which way you look at it, because some of the things I stumbled that actually aren't in this write up, but they're so like it's almost like a, 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 a like a like a, a fucking card sheet. You, you know, it, it's so weird. It's just since some of it is cartoonish. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, there's you took the word out of my mouth. That's exactly it. So we are going to discuss the CAA, and uh, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Uh, open the gates. All right, so. <clears throat> Most of us know what the Cold War entailed and what a scary time it was to live through. I mean, I remember being a kid during that time. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, but bear with us as we give a quick rundown on a on that snapshot of history for the youngins out there that were born in the 90s and later. Uh, the Cold War open, was an open and but restricted rivalry that developed after, the, after World War II between the United States and the Soviet Union and their respective allies. Uh, so it was waged on political, economic, and propaganda fronts. Uh, very, very limited actual engagements, but they did happen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it was mostly proxy stuff. You know, like think about when uh, the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan, um, and uh, we famously armed the Mujahideen that then we oh, abandoned yeah. after they won the war and they went on to become Jesus the Taliban. Christ, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Screwed the pooch on that one, didn't we? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so the term was first used by uh, the English writer, George Orwell in an article published in 1945 to refer to what he predicted would be a nuclear stalemate between two or three monstrous super States, each possessed of a weapon by which millions of people can be wiped out in a few seconds, which uh, if you never read 1984 uh, oh. or watched the movie, it's horrifying fucking chilling. Oh yeah. It's like, horrifying. Even still. Oh yeah. And especially considering it was written like right after world war two. Um, uh, it was first used in the United States by the American financier and presidential advisor Bernard Baruch in a speech at the State House in Columbia, South Carolina in 1947. Following the surrender of Nazi Germany in May 1945, near the close of World War II, the uneasy wartime alliance between the United States, Great Britain, and the Soviet Union began to unravel. Uh, if Patton famously said, we shouldn't stop at Berlin. We need to march on Moscow or something along those lines. Oh, no shit. Okay. Um, Yeah, yeah. He, he, Patton's a complicated figure. He was a fucking nutcase in some regards, but also like he saw the writing on the wall on this, that there was like our two uh, 
I would say economic systems mm-hmm. uh, were not exactly compatible. Um, and that, mm-hmm. uh, that this is what was that the next war was going to be with the Soviet union. And he was like, we should do it now. Yeah. You know? Interesting. Um, Damn. so it was, uh, by 1948, the Soviets had installed authoritarian left-wing governments in the countries of Eastern Europe that had been liberated, liberated by the red army. Uh, the Americans and the British feared the permanent Soviet domination of Eastern Europe and a threat of Soviet influenced communist parties coming to power, uh, in the democracies of Western Europe. Um, the Soviets, on the other hand, were determined to maintain control of Eastern Europe in order to safeguard against any p- possible renewed threat from the capitalist West, because they also felt that our two systems were not compatible. Yeah. Um, and they were intent on spreading uh, communism worldwide, of course, uh, largely for ideological reasons. Uh, both sides did. Actually, you know, I mean, that's why we got up to all the fuckery we got up to in South America in oh, the oh, yeah. you know, 50s and 60s was, you know, anyway, um, in layman terms, egos and feelings were hurt about who wanted to be uh, the big dog. And with the new discovery of and engineering of atomic weapons, uh, it truly was a concern of just how far countries like the Soviet Union and the United States would push to show their dick was the biggest mm. problem is doesn't matter how big your dick is if everyone is annihilated. Uh, funny enough, the U.S. nearly annihilated the world several more times than the Soviets did, and it was the Soviets not retaliating at ill-advised feints, uh, largely by the mm-hmm. CIA, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. and equipment malfunctions that kept mutually assured destruction from happening. Uh, there was one instance where uh, Soviet radar showed incoming uh, an incoming missile attack. Oh, uh, it was in like the sixties, I, I think. Right, 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 and. Um, the guy who was in charge of their missile defense refused to launch because he was like, there's no way they're that fucking stupid. Yeah. And, uh, Thank God. Right. I mean, so Jesus he didn't, Christ. um, I think he ended up in a gulag in Siberia for that. Um, even though there was no attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and he saved, you know, millions and millions, if not billions of lives, but yeah. And there was, so, um, a, a quick little thing on that too. And, and if you guys want to check out a kind of a cool podcast, uh, it's called snafu with Ed Helms. Uh, they do like seasonal things and it was brand new this year or actually last year. And he covered that exact same thing. So the, the, so it was actually called operation able archer and it went on. It was a scariest fucking thing. Like you said, you know, if it wasn't for that guy going, no, I'm not going to do like it. We were so close. Remember that old, uh, I want to say 84, 85 movie with, um, it's called War Games. Uh, Broderick, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, was in it. Okay, that's with what Matthew that was. Broderick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that was loosely based off of, was Abel Archer. Like, we were, if we would have known as a country how close we were to blowing ourselves up, I mean, it, it crazy, scary fucking times, man, you know? Well, and uh, much like you're hearing some of the rhetoric now around escalation in Ukraine, um, mm-hmm. in that era, especially towards the close of the cold war, like the seventies and eighties, there mm-hmm. were a lot of people in uh, like on the U S side that were like, we should just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like our technology is better. Yep. We're more capable. We could yep. wipe them out before they had a chance yep. to launch. We yep. should just huge, do it. Mi- large military people that were in charge that were just aching for that war button. They, you know, that's all yeah. they wanted, you know? Um, no, yeah, crazy, I guess crazy if you go shit. long enough without uh, getting a bunch of people killed, you get, fucking horny for it i don't know right exactly um 
So uh, the Cold War would have its ups and downs and drag on through the years with uh, treaties, uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Bay of Pigs incident. Mm, yeah. God, we were so horny for Cuba <laughs> um, and, uh, and would start breaking down uh, and ending in the late 80s when uh, Gorbachev was in power and finally ended in 91 when the Soviet Union, as we knew it, would collapse. Mm-hmm. And that it did. I remember that. Actually, that was, uh, I graduated high school in 91, and that was huge. Like my, uh, Mr. Armstrong, my history God, teacher. Old. I know, right? Jesus Christ. Look <laughs> at us. Oh, fucking awful. He was, like, he would, used to talk about the Berlin Wall. Oh, yeah, it'll never oh, come yeah. down. It'll never come down. There's no way. And then one summer, we came back for school, and the new season started. He went, well, I've got egg on my face. <laughs> like, let's just, <laughs> you know. Mr. Gorbachev, right, tear down, tear down wall. this wall. I'm I'm kind of bummed we didn't cover the Bay of Pigs in this, though, because that was one of the funnier, like, uh, attempts to fuck Cuba up that the CIA pulled off that that just blew up in their faces because they're fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah, and back I, then. yeah, and I knew a little bit about Bay of Pigs, not a lot, but I mean, hey, who's to say, you know, we, like I said, we're only covering the tip of the iceberg, the proverbial iceberg here. Um, there's well, <laughs> tons more as far as real true conspiracies go, and that's one of them. You know, it's crazy. They, it's, it's just funny because they did, it was like a precursor to what they would do in Afghanistan when the Soviets invaded. Like, they mm. had a bunch of Cuban expats that fled the Castro regime. They trained them up to invade and sent them over in like a bunch of like shitty little, like fucking dinghies and boats and stuff uh, so that they could have plausible deniability. And then um, of course the Cubans saw them coming and like, it was a bloodbath and they were just left them to fucking oh, Jesus Christ. get slaughtered. It's just, that's uh, the stuff we've done in history. It's just, well, and again, I guess, so let's wrap it up. You know, I mean, that's what the Cold War was, right? You know, we had it. So in a nutshell, um, you know, it, it affected everybody, especially the bigger countries. Um, and I'll be honest with you. So, and I just want to throw this tidbit in here. I remember, I, I fondly remember when I was 10, 12, 14 years old, scared shitless that there was going to be a bomb coming to blow everybody up. So mm-hmm. I grew up in Montana and I knew we had missile silos like, you know, 80 miles down the road. That these huge, you know, that they're underground, just waiting to go off. Same thing in Eastern Washington; they were right there, uh, because the whole premise was if we were going to do it, they're going to nail the cities first, and that there's no way we could plan it there. So we're going to go rural, where we're going to have these missile silos throughout the country, and that was the whole purpose, right? Um, just yeah, scary shit. Um, yeah, like Salt Lake was surround is still surrounded by installations too, some of which have dubious reputations like Dugway and like, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. but there's like the Twilly, Ar- Twilly, Twilly army, the army depot and uh Hill air force base. There were some like uh secret installations in central Utah. I think maybe even some missile silos. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, I mean, it, it's absolutely crazy. And of course, you know, they, they deconned a lot of that stuff and I've got some old pictures of, uh, in fact, just up the road about a hundred miles. I want to say, uh, we went to this festival and they had a picture of one of the missiles that they took out of the silo landed on a semi truck and the whole town was gathering around and the nearest town was like population 80 people. Like it was just the weirdest, it's surreal seeing the picture and seeing that decom happen after the cold war. But man, I'll, I'll tell you, and then to add, and I do want to throw this out here because if nobody has seen this, I think this, this definitely didn't help. Remember the movie the day after remember that? Uh, yeah, I saw it when it aired on TV and I was like fucking Oh God, 10 maybe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like mom and dad thought it was the greatest thing ever. It was on primetime and you can still check it on YouTube. Just type in the day after. And it actually was a movie about a nuclear attack and what would happen and what would be left. And it was fucking horrible. Like it, it gave me nightmares for months, months, you know? 
So you you so the whole country is scared, and then you add the school drills, hiding underneath the desks, all this stuff. I mean, it just yeah, we crazy. We never did like the duck and cover shit, but they made sure that we knew where the fallout shelter in the school was. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you know. for sure. So anyway, you know, we digress. Again, we live through that stuff, you and I. And so for those of you maybe uh, not as old, um, uh, tr- truly a horrible, scary fucking time. Uh, not saying we don't have issues now of scary shit happening amongst us, but back then it was a whole nother can of worms. So, you know, yeah, there's that. But let's get into the CIA. We kind of laid all the groundwork out of where we're at. And now we laid, now we talked about reasoning of why the CIA wanted to go to the lengths that they did. All right. So let's drag in this guy, John Mahalant. Uh, he was an early 20th century magician who rubbed elbows with magic legend, Harry Houdini. He's such an old school magician that his Wikipedia profile, and I shit you not, actually has him in the traditional tuxedo with the coattails, pulling a <laughs> rabbit out of the top. Like it, it's a, the, like the what you think side. of when you think of old timey magician. <laughs> right, exactly. It's just crazy. Um, so in 1953, the Cold War obviously was at a, at a highest pitch it could ever be, you know, just off the charts crazy. The CIA paid Mulholland $3,000, give or take some uh, shekels there, because, you know, I couldn't find the exact thing. But back in them days, like, oh, that's a lot of money, right? Yeah. So they paid him this money uh, to adapt his years of experience as a magician in the field of trickery, deception, and concealment, wait for it, into a manual loaded with suggestions on how American intelligent agents could apply the basic principles of stage magic to their spy work. Um, just... Let's start there. That's kind of shit house crazy, right? So, <laughs> I mean, it's not the weirdest thing. It's not, but holy fuck, yeah. So, the resulting book was called uh, The Official CIA Manual of Trickery and Deception, which wow, you can think of a anyway. So, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, very creative. <laughs> right. So, those CIA rascals, right? There they are. So, agents were handed a handbook, uh, this whole book that was doing to walk the fine line between useful and just absolutely fucking ridiculous, with some of his ideas being brilliant enough to make it into the field where other ideas just never fit. I mean, they tried them, but they never really stuck in the fact that they tried some of these things. So you can actually take, um, well, I digress, actually. So in the 1970s, CIA destroyed every known copy of the manual, um, they thought, right? But now, when I was doing this research, uh, I went on Amazon and perused the pages of this manual, again called the Official CIA Manual of Trickery and Deception, and and you can just purchase it off Amazon for like 12 bucks. So, I mean, Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that's, I wouldn't be surprised either way if it's like legit or if it's just plant type pieces of what was left or yeah, like maybe now that they know better, they're like, let's, let's play into how fucking psycho we were. I, I you know? thought about that when I was doing this, you know, and, and that's, and again, when we do this research, we try to find it in three solid, you know, lanes of, okay, this is a thing, right? So we get rid of the bullshit because we all now know the internet was going to save the world and now it's a fucking mess. So there's yeah. that, right? But uh, the reason I say it might be legitimate is like the U.S. Army Ranger uh, handbook training manual, whatever is free mm. online. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Some some stuff they don't really care. Like they're like, mm. I mean, what what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. What's going to happen here if you put it out there, right? Anyway, so um, I digress. So anyway, that's the start of this whole thing with this Mullen guy. So anyway. All right. So apparently this dude had a minor obsession with shoelaces. Uh, Mm -hmm. He believed they could be used for pretty much anything. Um, Mulholland suggested that agents use shoelaces to relay simplistic information to one another. Like, 
I have information or follow me or your shoes are untied. Um, <laughs> a shoelace missing uh, in a work, working man's shoe or dissimilar laces can be used to send signals when discretion is preferred. Uh, the lacing patterns do all the talking here, uh, but it makes no mention of the practical problems with the technique. A uh, good example. Uh, do you think it uh, would be difficult to make out the pattern if the laces and shoes are the same color? I mean, typically mm. if you have dark shoes, you have dark shoe laces, right? Right. right. Um, <clears throat> which means an agent would have to walk around with like bright eccentrically laced shoes, which today would yeah. not draw attention no, at all. Not at all. <laughs> but, but in um, 1950, yeah, you only had two uh, colors. That would then. probably <laughs> seem a little bit weird unless they were walking around in Chuck Taylors is the only thing I can think of. I know. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a push. <laughs> that's way that's pushing it. So, well, and even then, like the only people that would be walking around in Chuck Taylors would be like high school basketball players. Right. I'm in the fifties. Uh, um, maybe anyway. Mass Great is one. Eh, that. <laughs> um, so uh, it seems counterintuitive for a CIA agent to be strutting around with brilliant white shoelaces, you know, mm-hmm. unless they're wearing Chuck Taylors again, Go figure. Uh, to sell the whole lace thing. The manual tells the tale of how magicians offered tricks and gadgets in support of British intelligence services during world war II. For instance, a surgical bone saw wire was hidden within the shoelace of a British pilot for just in case. Uh, that one I can kind of see because like when you used to get those old like survival knives that had the hollow handles yeah, that had yeah. like matches and like it would right. have like a wire that you could use as a saw. Yeah. To like. I, I mean, that's branch, not too you know? far off the, you know, off the. That one's plausible. Spectrum. We'll give yeah, it a yeah. plausible. Sure, sure. Um, so the CIA book also talks about the appearance of confidence is a great way for an agent to get themselves busted uh the fact is that this is a quote the fact is that physically at the moment of doing any action requiring concentrated thought there is an alertness of appearance which is very noticeable unquote uh so it's probably best to make yourself look as dumb and disheveled as possible to throw your enemies off your scent that's what i do uh it works for me (laughs) how i live my life um to make the act seem even more convincing the manual recommends that an agent throw their eyes out of focus to appear mentally vacant okay fuck me uh now this is starting to sound like that movie the saint from like the late 90s with uh oh val kilmer uh, yeah with valley kilmers um (laughs) i love that that's a good show The manual rec I did. I liked that one a lot. Um, The manual recommends an agent practice this dumb look by staring at an object one foot away from their face and then holding that focus while looking at something several feet away. Uh, Basically cross your eyes and look like a idiot. Okay. Uh, (laughs) One of the joys of the manual is occasionally coming across gadgets that sound like they were stolen directly from bond movies. Uh, There's the non-discernible bio inoculator. Ugh. which is a very fancy term for a device that looked like a 45 caliber Colt pistol that fired poison darts. Um, only, they were only a bit wider than a human hair uh, and they fired it up to 250 feet without making a sound. Um, I doubt that yeah. uh, <laughs> there was a paper mate pen that concealed a hydro, uh, sorry, a hypodermic syringe that could be filled with deadly poison. That sounds, I don't doubt hmm. that. That sounds, yeah. Yeah. Um, then there was the brief but eye-catching mention of the different ways the CIA tried to kill Fidel Castro. And this is fucking hilarious and also sad. <laughs> it is. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> it included such gadgets as hallucinogenic sprays, uh, chemically laced cigars, uh, exploding cigars also, mm-hmm. um, 
poisonous boots that would make his beard fall out because they thought that if his beard fell out, uh, the Cuban people would be like, fuck this loser. But, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like lose all confidence in the guy because of beers, the power, like the Achilles heel. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Or like fucking Samson. Like I, what? the? <laughs> so historically, uh, at the higher levels of government and shit, there was just always a lot of drinking going on. And this is oh, evidence yeah. of that. Yeah, like yeah. those motherfuckers were drunk nonstop. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, uh, the list goes on. Um, the most fun gadget must be the Stinger, a 22 caliber single shot gun. Sound impressive? Uh, well, hold on. <laughs> the firing mechanism itself looks like a small flashlight or pocket lightsaber. It wasn't meant to be fired like a regular gun or even held like one. It was designed to be hidden within a tube of toothpaste. Of course it was. I mean, why Which, not, right? Without the tube of toothpaste, if it looks like a small flashlight, just have it in your fucking pocket. I, I see, and they, I, so the, they had drawings like, out. Like I'm looking at the drawing, I'm like, who engineered this shit? Because this doesn't. You could do this better, but uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, but, like, like you're being extra with the whole toothpaste bullshit, and yeah. also who carries yeah. toothpaste around in their pocket anyway? Right. Well, somebody extremely hygienic, I guess. Yeah, so, I, I guess with so. white shoelaces. In a pattern. <laughs> anyway. Um, um, also, uh, <laughs> we forgot to mention the heart attack gun. Um, oh yeah i which, settled on that one yeah uh it allegedly was like basically a f- proto taser that you you had to time to get right between heartbeats and then it would like <laughs> induce a heart attack if you zapped them right between heartbeats give me another shot stand by okay yeah oh, okay, hang on, let hang me on. try it again okay hold all right three's <laughs> lucky charm don't do anything don't move yeah fucking insane no i no reason no reason <laughs> no reason at all um, <laughs> okay so well. um so uh i gotta say the roots of some of these ideas are actually pretty good though they're like uh kind of like precursors to modern tradecraft oh yeah um, yeah like the shoelace thing is almost viable if you're trying to communicate to a fellow agent who knows what you're up to and what to look for it because right. like most people aren't going to pay attention no, right no not like, like how often do you look at someone's shoes right um only when you're in a stall in the airport so right that. well <laughs> yeah if you're a certain senator from idaho um <laughs> <laughs> but uh but again that would require them to know who you are like you would have to be known to each other you know because you right. have to know who you were trying to communicate with and i mean, versa, I mean right? so look you know a lot of these things are very simple simple things simple things where if you you know the group you're with like you're talking about you know the spy that you're dealing with whatever have you nobody else is going to pay attention to this hand over here except yeah. this little group so i mean a lot of it's viable right and a lot of yeah. it's really simple and, and and it does make it sound like a bond movie but i mean come on where did james bond get his tricks from i mean jesus well, you know? allegedly sir ian fleming was in her majesty's secret I service suppose allegedly yeah allegedly yeah right um and also like the shoelace thing does kind of seem like a precursor to like the modern dead drop you know what i mean like uh yeah where you stash something somewhere and like leave a little signal that it's there and then the person that knows about it goes and gets it you know right yeah um and then uh the appearance of confidence bit is kind of funny um it's like it, it reminds me of uh gray man theory which is uh thing that's big among like preppers and larpers and like you know my people um but it's it's pretty misunderstood all over uh it's supposed to basically boil down to like you blend in and be unremarkable and unmemorable right right? Right. so like you know if you're in the business district you wear you dress like a businessman you don't Mm -hmm. dress like you're a survivalist you know what i mean exactly you blend Uh, in with your environment yeah, you don't you don't dress yeah. you're, you're not going to be the fucking handsomest man on the planet 
thank you ryan gosling and dress in tactical gear and like fucking you know right uh or like flashy clothes you're gonna you know do your best to not stand out at all um and and that idea like makes sense you know you you don't want to draw attention and if you do get noticed you don't want to be remembered right right it's the same thing people you know yeah and again it's called blending in it's just like the the opposite of that where hey look you know you're kissing in public people don't like watching affection they turn the other way it's just kind of you know it's the same thing these little weird tricks of just human nature i think more than anything but yeah like like yeah if you're running around in like you know fucking 511 pants with molly webbing on your fucking backpack and shit like yeah yeah, you're gonna you're gonna make a scene you're either gonna gonna get attention or or you're going to accomplish what you're trying to do which is not be taken seriously right Right. one or the other for sure yeah so anyway yeah um but but we're gonna take a quick break we will come back and we will continue to unfold not only the weird simple dumb stuff but it gets uh it gets pretty deep here so stand by everybody Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, we are back. Um, so sometimes they stole from the oldest magic tricks in the book, uh, like one you've seen a dozen times. So I'll mention this one, the classic woman saw it in half. You remember that one at all? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the manual actually illustrates on how a stage magician pulls off the illusion. Uh, funny enough with this story, though, uh, the CIA slash magic trick actually saved a life. One of the original ideas was a luggage uh, luggage cart loaded with individual suitcases that, when arranged in a specific way, created enough room for a person to secretly sit inside. So similarly, uh, there was a stack of water bottles that disguised a compartment a person could hide within. They managed to make the bottles look clear and transparent by stuffing the outer roll bottles with mylar to reflect light, which is... Okay, pretty little, that's pretty cool. Little ingenuity, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, the CIA used this technique during the Cold War, and it worked. When a spy needed to be smuggled out of a hostile situation in Eastern Europe, the agency modified the gas tank of a brand new Mercedes Benz so that half of the tank performed its normal gasoline holding duties, while the other half concealed a fully grown man without killing him with gasoline fumes. Because that's part B, right? Yeah. How do we, how do we not kill the dude that we just smuggled out of uh, said country? Uh, so right. uh, crazy, crazy. Um, lastly, for whatever reason, the CIA loved birds. And let let just say that here for any of you that might be more conspiracious than we are. Yes, fucking birds are real. I, I don't know how this is still gaining traction in modern times that birds are fake. But just just calling you out there, crackpots. Just just saying. My favorite thing is that that whole thing started as a fucking joke. It, exactly. <laughs> and, and look where it's at. People, I saw Van the other day with like. Birds aren't real. Da, 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 and these quotes that might have been side. the dude that started it because it he like like it's crazy. a character he plays and he goes around and acts like a fucking kook. It's just oh, it, it just ah. Uh, anyway, we digress. Uh, but one of the birds that they loved the most were pigeons. So, in 1977, the CIA decided to use pigeons to take photos of things they just couldn't get to behind enemy lines. Which okay, you know, again, I, I get it, right? Um, now it should be noted. 
that the CIA were not the first group to utilize this rat with wings. I, again, I hate pigeons. I don't know about you, but ugh, anyway, filthy, filthy things. Eh, um, they're, they shit on everything. Yeah, but, you know, right. we have seagulls here, which are fucking way worse. Oh, I know. I, I came from the coast where the seagulls hanging outside McDonald's parking lot waiting for a French fry to drop. God, fucking things. Anyway, um, it was first recorded by the Roman historian Pliny, who described the role in communication. And we're talking about pigeons again. And the German army in World War I were the first to explore the use of pigeons for reconnaissance. Uh, the United States military had itself been using pigeons since the late 1800s for communication, right? Notes on the thing, yeah, yeah. go fly. I mean, carrier land. pigeons go back oh, forever. Hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that. So we know that there's some legit behind it. Uh, the pigeon product quickly ballooned in scope. By September 1976, the ORD had already invested $100,000, not just training pigeons, but designing harnesses and cameras for said operation, which I, I could, I see pictures of them outfitted with a shit, dude. It, it's hilarious. It's just hilarious. Oh, I can imagine. Um, the images of the birds captured since declassified by the CAA, which they have been declassified. They had everything, but these were. Um, they uh, actually, yeah, dude, there's like a book that came out a couple years ago that has all of the like weird shit like this that they pulled. Oh, really? That's been declassified. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. I need, has, to, like, I need to look into that. All of the dumb shit they did with like animals and stuff. Well, and again, like you call it out, you know, Hey, let's throw the shit out here because really this isn't, you know, we're dealing with bigger secrets here. We'll hold on to the bigger secrets and we'll, you know, feed the, <laughs> the people with these things over here to throw them off. The track. Yeah. We're onto robots. Now you can, you can have the, right. You can have the, the pigeons. pigeons. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's the funny thing though. Um, they actually took pretty good pictures uh, for the day uh, with the equipment they use. It was crazy. Um, however, the extent of the program remains unknown. Again, declassified, but uh, who's to know how far it went, what they did, whether they actually used them behind enemy lines. Um, the most recent public comments by the CIA came from a 2021 video advising, quote, parts of the mission are actually still classified. So, I don't know. You know, again, the, the jury's out on how far down the road they, uh, they all went with it. So... Um, now we're going to step it up a notch. We're done with shoelaces and pigeons. We're going to cover more uh, spy versus spy things, I guess, that they were actively involved in and did. So there's no allegedly around the following bullshit that uh, we're going to talk about. And th again, this continued for decades. To right. note, um, if we're going to be honest, and we'll just say this, it wasn't just the CIA that pulled these things off. I mean, obviously, they had other entities uh, working with the military, working with other organizations. You know, FBI is a very good example. But... It just the CIA, one way or another, 99.9% of the time, either knew or they had their hands in the cookie jar at the same time. I mean, they're always involved, right? I mean, sometimes it takes a team to get things going, but not to say that the CIA wasn't innocent all the way around because they absolutely were not. Yeah. Anyway. Um, in 1951, the CIA was losing out on valuable intelligence because the Soviets were switching to landlines to send messages to the East Germans. Again, Berlin Wall still up, right? Yep. Um, landline messages could not be intercepted unless they were physically tapped, unlike the radio communications previously used by the Soviets. To fix this problem, the CIA decided to dig a tunnel under the border to East Berlin to physically tap into a cable that carried the messages from Moscow to East Berlin. Uh, the project was called Operation Gold. And again, I want to be in charge of... Tell me to name an operation. I'd be more than happy to. I, I, where's that guy at? I, I don't yeah, I don't know who gets, gets to decide the names of them because sometimes they're like really fitting to the point where it's like, well, fuck, that's obvious. And sometimes <laughs> right. it's like, that well, makes that's just no boring. sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Um, the plan was formulated over the course of several years and finally approved in 1954. Uh, construction on the tunnel started that same year. With the entrance hidden in military warehouse, of course, the tunnel was completed and the taps were in place one year later. However, thanks to an American mole, which I'm sure there were a few of them, uh, oh, the yeah. KGB knew about the tunnel before construction even started. But they kept it secret, even from the Soviet Army, to protect their source, as one would, right? Because we're in the middle Happens. of this weird, yep, it's this this thing. Um, one year after the tap was placed, repair crews arrived at the location of the tap and started digging, ostensibly uh, because heavy rains had damaged a cable. Allegedly, right? That's the reason, mm-hmm. the excuse they used. Uh, American lookouts in West Germany ordered an emergency evacuation as the East Germans busted into the tunnel. The entire thing had actually been a cleverly orchestrated KGB operation to actually reveal the tunnel to the world. So, boy, I wonder how much money that bullshit cost. Oh, probably a lot. I mean, like when they were building the embassy in Moscow, uh, they were initially using soviet workers and soviet materials and they found out that they were placing microphones all throughout like the walls and the building columns and stuff jesus christ so they had to rip like i want to say the top four floors off the building and rebuild it with american workers and american (laughs) uh, materials that is crazy um that was not cheap uh also like uh just a an aside of there's a guy that's like really big in like the um firearms like training community named pat mcnamara he's like a really interesting dude he was like a in delta force and uh Hmm. like has a really long interesting career and he's just kind of a funny like weird kind of like not the kind of guy you would expect to be that kind of guy oh really bird watching and like you know he's kind of a nerd um but uh anyway when he was young and he was first in the army he got recruited into a special unit and was uh was over in like berlin uh, monitoring like um, the GRU or whatever the the Stasi, whatever the the East German right. intelligence yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't agency was, yeah. and like they they all knew each other, were there, and they all were watching each huh. other and shit. Jesus. He like talks about it from time to time and some of the weird shit that happened, and it's That's it's crazy. pretty funny. Um, anyway, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, here's a fun one. Uh, the CIA saw an opportunity to collect intelligence on Soviet research and equipment when a soviet scientist or scientific base in the arctic was abandoned because its runway had become unusable due to the constantly shifting ice no uh the effort was called project cold feet which okay appropriate a little on the nose but (laughs) appropriate right Um, the soviets had not destroyed their equipment before they evacuated hello withdrawal from afghanistan Uh um they were confident that uh no aircraft could safely land and that the base would soon be swallowed by the ever-shifting ice they were wrong um teaming up with the u.s military the cia obtained a specially modified aircraft and the services of a commercial airline navigator. Then they used that aircraft to parachute two CIA agents into the Soviet base. Uh, for one week, the agents moved through the base, taking notes and looting valuables. 150 pounds of equipment was taken. Uh, then it was time for the extraction of both the looted cargo and the two agents. This marked the first operational use of the Skyhook system, which you might remember from mm. The Dark Knight when Batman retrieves yes. the accountant from Hong Kong. Yes, I thought um, about that when I stumbled on this. I was like, oh, that is bad. And that's a cool ass scene, too. Just saying. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought they made that shit up for the movie. Yeah, no. Uh, no yeah, and yeah. then I was like reading through this and was like, oh, holy shit. Because I just watched <laughs> that the other night when I was bored as fuck. I was that's like, oh, crazy. this movie is great. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. 
A balloon would lift a line attached to cargo or human, and then a specially modified aircraft would fly into it, snagging the line and winching the snag load on board. For this operation, the cargo went first, followed by the two agents. Uh, It was an impressive achievement because there was a fierce wind blowing and visibility was low. Both agents were nearly blown away by the wind before they were snagged. Uh, The stolen intelligence indicated that Soviets were working on advanced Arctic acoustic systems to detect submerged U.S. submarines. Uh, The U.S. also discovered that the Soviets' polar meteorology research was superior to the U.S. work. And this Uh. is important because a lot of the strategic shit around, uh, you know, nuclear first strike, counter strike, whatever, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, was based on uh, submarines from either side being underneath uh, the Arctic Mm -hmm. and surfacing through the ice, launching their shit and then. And get the fuck down, out of there. Yeah, right. And also the bombers and missiles all were going to be going over the pole. Yeah. Um, so it's important to know that your adversary has a better understanding of what's going on up there than you. You know what I, I mean? Absolutely. And and the thing, people kind of shrug it off. You know, you remember the story. Well, stories are not. Again, allegedly, you know, that the Nazis had bases in Antarctica. You know, they... That's kind of where that was their last ditch effort when they were going to go that way. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, it's weird. It's like, you know, some of the places in, uh, in this world that uh, you're they're they're going to think that this is going to be strategic. Uh, you want to think Antarctica for sure, but yeah, here we are. Yeah. So crazy shit. Um, well, let's get into this. So, uh, you want to talk about some space espionage? Cause that's always fun. Stuff. Always. Okay. So in, Moonraker. I wish, right. Did I ever see that show? James Bond, right? Yeah. I don't know if I saw that show. Hmm. It's the one where uh, is that they filmed on the moon, right? Like it was a studio thing. Well, it's or like something? they they're like they have like a space battle with jetpacks, and like there's oh, like a Jesus. space station that the yeah evil villains on. But the beginning of the movie starts with them all getting like jumping out of an airplane without parachutes, and they're using like grabbing their butt cheeks to like maneuver. It's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> it doesn't sound. It's like fun. I, it's like Roger Moore, James Bond at his best. I think it was the last one he did. Oh, gotcha. Remember, with right? Roger it was either Moore. the last one or the first yeah, one. Yeah. I don't remember. Crazy. But. I used to love this James Bond show. So anyway, well, again, we're not too far off from James Bond here <laughs> um, in the 1960s. So, so Soviet Union was parading its scientific achievements around the world. Right. Uh, among them was a mock-up of Lunik, a Soviet lunar space probe, which had been launched to the moon in 1959. When the scientific tour reached America, the CIA suspected that the, quote, mock-up was actually a working production model. The CIA tried to confirm this in the craziest way possible. Fucking hear this shit out. Stealing the lunic for a night to see if it would yield its secrets. So here's how everything went down. The CIA's first plan was to sneak into the exhibit before it opened. Uh, That was thwarted by round-the-clock Soviet guards, which... Fucking duh. Don't you think that this right. is going to occur? So the second plan to divert the railway car uh, that was transporting the Lunik was deemed impractical. So, okay, that's off the table. So the CIA came up with a third scheme to divert the truck that was carrying the Lunik from its exhibition to the rail yard, arranging for the Lunik to be on the last truck uh, going to the rail yard, rail yard. The CIA switched drivers halfway through, drove the truck to a junkyard where they pried open the Lunik to see actually how it worked. They worked through the night, and the agents found that the Lunik was actually the real deal, minus a few electrical components. Um, crazy shit is, by dawn, the Soviets found out, uh, they found some of the Lunik at a railroad yard, and none were the wiser. They they managed to put everything back. It was still in the yard where it, sp- where it was supposed to be. 
um, and nobody knew the difference. So I mean, that's impressive because that's oh, only a yeah. few hours to work. And I don't know about Absolutely. you, but whenever I take something apart and put it back together, there's always missing pieces. There's yeah, always and, extra and shit it's like yeah, yeah. Two two weeks later, you're like, "What's a screw for?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It never never fails. So just crazy shit. I, and that actually is pretty. I mean, that's a feat in itself to get that going. To you know, it's just insane. So anyway. yeah, yeah. Um, next up, we have. Uh, one that I, is in that book I was talking about earlier of all the like dumb shit they did. And one that uh, I think is really kind of sad. Um, next up, we have Operation Acoustic Kitty. Uh, this one is uh, ridiculous. Um, <laughs> the CIA loves having top of the line spies and they'll do what they can to transform you into a top tier spy if they choose to hire you. The best spies are the ones you'd never expect. And that's why the CIA had at one point decided to recruit house cats. Of course. Yep. So each house cat was given an antenna surgically implanted into their tails, a microphone stuck into their fur and batteries to power the gizmos in their bodies. Mm. One prototype spy was let loose and hit by a car, Jesus Christ. Um, which was, if I remember right in New York, they were like, Oh, we'll just send him over to central park. Cause we know there's a Russian agent sitting on the bench over there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it'll just go right. hang out and pick up the conversation. And it just got pancaked crossing the street. Just, um, Oh, it's awful. It's not uh, funny, but it is funny. It's like, really, really? This yeah, is your plan. Like you, it's, Ugh. it takes a lot of work to train a cat to do something. Right. And you know what I we, mean? We and even then they're not going to do it if they don't want to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, the really, really sad part is like that shit was definitely not fun for the cats. No, inhumane. Completely. none of them survived long after the no, surgeries. No, you know, no, it's fucking awful. Yeah. Bummer, bummer days. But uh, also it is kind of ridiculous and hilarious at the same time, you know, meanwhile. Um, yeah. So meanwhile, that uh, what? $20 million to run that project, right? <clears throat> I mean, yeah. that's uh, we're right down the shitter, literally. Yeah. And so, what was that in the seventies? Uh, I think early seventies. I want to say 73, 74 timeframe. You know? Yeah, so twenty million then is like uh you could probably buy a fucking jet fighter for that now. Right. Uh, just insane. The money, dude. Uh so now we're actually gonna step it up a little bit more. Um because again, you know, we're talking about these things and they're nuts anyway, but surprisingly, uh, some of these actually uh, kind of worked, sort of, sort of. So when the CIA wants to depose another country's military leader, which we've talked about before, uh, they will often go to insane lengths to do so. Again, South America, we talked about everything we're involved in, these coups that we helped back and start. Uh, just insane. I, I, you know, We're just t- touching the tip here. Um, oh, yeah. It's been known for a while that the CIA has played a role in a number of the South American coups that we talked about. But what happened to former president of Indonesia, Sakarno, was just a little bit stranger than most of the other plans they had. Rather than just arming rebels like they did in South America, the CIA had decided to publish an X-rated skin flick featuring a Sakarno lookalike in Indonesia. The idea behind it was that it showed that a woman had gotten the best of Sakarno. The film had gone to production and even had stills, but it was never released to the public. So surprisingly, um, this kind of discrediting work later resurfaced uh, on the war on terror, if you <laughs> fondly remember that. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the whole, uh, this time around, the CIA considered getting Bin Laden and Saddam Hussein lookalikes to play with another one on camera. Uh, this, too, actually went nowhere. And what's funny about it is that there's tons of porns with <laughs> that's, that's could, out there. You know? Could you imagine if, like, they did a decent job of a flick of... Uh, Bin Laden and Saddam banging each other. Oh, better than South Park? You know, like, yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone would take it seriously anyway, because they've got such a history of doing like, 
Right. Like everyone, whenever you hear something that's like even a little bit out there, you're like, ah, oh, that's just the CIA being dipshits. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Who's and to say and like Americans think that, let alone the rest of the world. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, even if they were to pull it off and do that, you know, I don't know. I don't know what kind of impact that would have. Um, another idea, quote unquote, uh, that never came to fruition, uh, but it's crazy that it was even thought about, was waging a war on our own people. Okay, so check this shit out here. The CIA's declassified document called Operation Northwoods did just that. The document suggested the CIA operatives launched terrorist strikes against the U.S. so that we would have a reason to go to war with Cuba, which you were talking so about earlier, horny right? for Cuba. Oh, it's fucking crazy. Let let Cuba go. So my the, <laughs> go my, uh, my theory on that is that uh, John Dulles really likes cigars. Oh, there you go. Maybe. Well, yeah, and let's, you know, hey, Cuba is... I mean, where it's at is strategic. I mean, so I, I get that part of it, I guess. But anyway, I, I don't know. So this is a plan. The plan was a greenlit by the CIA chief of staff and all of the board members suggesting framing innocent people for a string of bombings in New York, Washington, D.C., and elsewhere. Another target would have been John Glenn during his historic flight to the moon. Uh, the goal was to create enough reason for people to believe Cuba was an enemy worth waging war on. And it would have happened. Uh, but some higher-ups actually shot the whole idea down. However, they did crazy. attack people, uh, maybe not our own, but with Project 4.1. Um, this fu- this fucking awful. Well, let's actually, oh, yeah. let me digress a little bit with uh, this, you know, war on people and, and everything. I mean, I, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Canadian Bacon. You ever seen that? Oh, with, uh, if I did, it was like a million years Alan ago. Alan Alda and John Candy, where, you know, Alan Alda yeah. is tr- the president of the United States. He's trying to pick a fight with Canada, and nobody wants to fight him. It, it's just, it's so surreal. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, this kind of has some some grounding to it, you know? Well, I mean, that's oh. like where the the whole 9-11 was an inside job theory gets its... Its legs, yeah. Yeah, because yep. like, I don't think it was by any means. I think it's pretty well proven that it wasn't, but but we've shit like that's happened before. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so, it's at least been contemplated if not carried out. And also like uh, the Soviets and sometimes even the Russians have been known to do false flag shit to like justify whatever they want to do too. hundred percent. Well, and here's the thing. And, and we've had letters written into the show of people asking for us to do nine 11. And you and I both are like, Oh God, I, I don't, I just don't know if I want to go down that rabbit hole, you know, still to this day, how many years ago was it? You know, but um, it, it's crazy how that still gets kicked around. There's so much conspiracy around that individual. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it blows my mind completely. But anyway, we, we digress. Uh, let's talk about this Project 4.1 because this is pretty, it's pretty shitty. Um, after the nuclear bomb had dropped, America realized that it wasn't uh, any ordinary weapon. Duh, right? As a result of the devastation the Japanese suffered from the fallout, the U.S. military quickly became curious about what the full effects were of radiation. So, hey, we're going to invent something and not understand what it is and then start doing tests afterwards because, you know, that's the American way, right? So, fantastic. Yay. Uh, coincidentally, the curiosity happened around the same time that America began to build nukes, test them, and occasionally just state ne- detonate them for additional data. Most of the experiments uh, during the 1950s, and you know this very well, uh, took place on Bikini Atoll and the surrounding Marshall Islands because they thought it was cool. We'll do it yeah. here. safe. There's there's not very much population. Problem is, there fucking was population there. And the local natives got exposed to radiation after repeated blasts. They began to show symptoms of radiation poisoning. Go figure. So Weird. project for, yeah, 
Project 4.1 was about cataloging and studying the biological response of humans that were exposed to high-grade nuclear weapons. Um, the CIA denies it was intentional, uh, but man, at the end of the day... We Jesus didn't do it on Christ. purpose, but since it's here... But since it's here, let's go ahead and... and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's um, awful. Yeah, that shit's fucked up. Um, but on a lighter note, there's a fun conspiracy theory that uh, SpongeBob SquarePants that Bikini Bottom, where he's at, is... Uh, that bikini at all. <laughs> I keep I keep hearing <laughs> that for some reason. And that that's why shit's so weird. Yeah, God, that's funny. Uh, anyway, on to even more weird shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the CIA has long been known to help create uh, coup d'etats in uh, countries that have the audacity to elect governments not willing to sell their countries out to U.S. business interests. <laughs> um, and during these coups, there have be- also been moments where the CIA operatives would uh, decide to do experiments on the local population. Of course. Because, uh, you know, why not? Yeah. Um, one of the most famous examples of this hap- uh, happened in Guatemala in- about 70 years ago. In a bid to find out more information about the spread of syphilis, gonorrhea, and other similar ailments, CIA officials infected several hundred Guatemalans with diseases. Uh, Many of the infected were also encouraged to have unprotected sex with others in order to spread the diseases they were given. Um, To make matters worse, they weren't told they were sick. Christ. And many uh, were mental hospital patients. Um, So, like just layers and layers of depravity here. Yep. Yep. Uh, though most did get treatment around a third of, of all the people who were infected in the Guatemalan study were never treated for the diseases. Uh, many died as a result. Um, and the white house officially apologized for the study in 2010. Oh, so no nice there. That shit happened. Oh yeah. Hey, you know, apologies accepted. That's awesome. Thanks for coming out. We'll, we'll make sure all that just goes away. That's so cool. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah. Talk about the levels of shittiness, right? <clears throat> we warned you. Listeners, so um, so now we wouldn't be doing this podcast in Strange Uncles if we didn't finish this off with some of the over-the-top weird shit. And guess what? The CAA had their hands in the proverbial cookie jar with that stuff, too. So this is where it gets. We're going to wrap up with some of this fun, uh, fun shit here. Let's start off with the Martian Shadow People. Um, have you ever heard, Josh, of the Martian Shadow People? Uh, no, actually, I don't think. I have. Yeah, it's kind of a new one on me. I've heard different things of this, but this kind of lays it out. Um, it, what may be one of the most bizarre psychic spy missions that the CIA had ever come up with, members of the government group had asked a clairvoyant to help scan a certain location in an envelope. The location, which was not known to the clairvoyant at the time, was Mars at 1 million years B.C. The clairvoyant uh, accurately described the Martian landscape as it is now and noted that he felt that there were once people who lived there. Upon hearing this, the clairvoyant was asked to, quote, go back in time via psychic behavior. So this is where things, if you think it's weird now, and again, we got a touch of remote viewing going on here, right? Um, yeah. It gets kind of off the rails a bit. So the psychic said that he was able to go back and that Mars was a greenery-filled place. He also described meeting tall, thin individuals who wore strange clothing and lived in a, quote, rabbit-worn hive of pyramids. Uh, very descriptive stuff, by the way. There's more to this, but this is just, just yeah. kind of the bare bones. He said that he couldn't discern uh, discern features and that these beings looked a lot like, quote, shadow people to him. Weirder still, the clairvoyant claimed that to have had a discussion with these beings. Uh, the clairvoyant re- revealed that beings were ancient people. Um, he added, quote, they're dying. It is past their time or age. They're very philosophic about it. They're looking for a way to survive, and they just can't, unquote. 
Uh, the beings were worried because of the geological problems that their planet was having, and the clairvoyant finally said that many of the Martians were going on a large metallic boat to a new planet covered in vegetation. This is just one account, mind you, of the CIA and the military dabbling in remote viewing. Uh, the CIA was also interested in UFOs, where they had pages and pages of classified documents regarding sightings throughout the world, and I'm sure they still do, and that really shouldn't be a surprise that they covered this stuff, but... This is, you know, Yuri Geller. Well, we interviewed um, a gentleman, too, by the way, that was in the military doing uh, these remote viewing sessions. Um, yeah. So not just CAA, you know, government, military in general. But uh, Yuri Geller claimed to be part of this, which, you know, it's, it's proven that he was. Um, not just for bending spoons, but he, he was in, in the thick of all this stuff. So just, just crazy, crazy stuff that they put money and time behind, you know. Man, so. that uh, that anecdote about the remote viewing Mars just like made me feel like I was watching that movie mission to Mars that came out in like the early, oh, early like, I remember aughts. that. Well, that's a good, that's a good show though. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about our DNA. That's where it came from. Uh, I don't know. Uh, whatever. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, so surprisingly their interests in the speaking of interesting, <laughs> surprisingly their interests in the fringe sciences didn't stop there. Uh, you'd never expect to see the CIA taking a page from ghost hunters, but declassified papers show otherwise. Around seven papers published by the CIA show that, that they were interested in the phenomenon. Uh, more specifically, they wondered what was going on with poltergeist activity in 1980. Uh, sorry, in 1980, one string of unexplained events that occurred in France got the attention of the CIA. Uh, the report read, the poltergeist manifested itself over the years in well-known uniform patterns Beds were moved about, pillows and covers were pulled off, locked doors were inexplicably opened, the contents of cupboards were found to be in disorder, objects disappeared and reappeared, sounds were mimicked, uh, penetration phenomena occurred, and so on. I don't know what penetration phenomena yeah, is, know, but right. sounds wink, interesting. Wink, wink, wink. Um, according to the now declassified report, uh, they were going to investigate the source of the high strangeness using electromagnetic fields and other similar tools. However, due to the family leaving, the investigation was never carried out. But damn, I mean, to be involved, yeah, to be involved in that stuff. I don't know. You know, that, that was I mean, come on, CIA, weird shit happens everywhere. Get, step your I, game I, up. I, I guess. Right. You know, it's crazy. Um, well, hey, but wait, there's more weird shit to unfold. So. Listen to this shit. During World War II, one CIA psyops involved flying a small plane over Huck territory hidden in thick cloud cover. Uh, the aircraft used megaphones to broadcast the voice of God, which warned villagers who sheltered or fed insurgents that they would be cursed. So kind of kind of diabolical playing on one's cultures directly, right? Yeah, um, little little psychological warfare. Ab absolutely. Let's let's say. You can't get one up on mankind unless you mess with their beliefs, right? You know, that's mm -hmm. rule number one. Um, another operation exploited rural superstitions surrounding the Aswang, a vampire from Filipino mythology. A team seeded rumors that an Aswang lived in a region occupied by the Huck. Word of the blood-sucking creature soon spread among the gorillas and their supporters until one day their worst fears were actually confirmed. A gorilla was found dead with puncture marks on his throat and blood drained from his body. Rather than being a victim of the Aswangs, the unlucky Huck had been ambushed by the U.S., killed, and hung from a tree until he was drained of blood, and then laid out to be discovered by his colleagues. So, there's that. To the other Huck, this confirmed that the Aswang stories and withdrew in fear from the territory uh, where they took over where they needed to take over in the Philippines. So, again, um, playing with folklore and one's uh, belief systems, 
Diabolical. Well done, CAA. Well done. Uh, they did that shit in Vietnam too. Like they absolutely would, uh, they did. Like mm-hmm. fly helicopters with loudspeakers, saying kind of similar shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like you know, complete psyops. You know, like I said, when you fuck around with a with a, a culture belief of a group, and you know, we've done it for. And again, not to call it the CIA on this, but look at the Crusades. Look at everything else. You know, we, oh, we yeah. are as mankind. Once you find a way to one up and and instill fear in a group of people. Uh, we just excel at that. You know, it's crazy thing. I've, I've, I've just, I, I can't wrap my mind around that shit to this day. So anyway, um, but trust us when we say, you know, these, again, are a few examples of what the CAA has been involved in over the years. There are literally a metric fuck ton more, I'm sure. Um, it would be a full-time job. Uh, and not even the declassified ones, which, you know, there's a lot out there now. But like you said, eh, whatever, throw the stuff out there that uh, nobody really cares about. We still have all this stuff behind the curtain. Um, and that might be something, you know, still to this day, completely different. Um, anyway, I don't know, you know, fun to talk about. Like I said, some absurdity goes into just, you know, really shitty immoral behavior. Um, you know, and we're not calling out the CIA in general. There's other groups that have done it as well, but, uh, wow. You know, what a bag of tricks this, uh, this organization has had over the decades. It's crazy. So, yeah. 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 I mean, if you want to like get some more uh if if you want a deeper dive into some of this stuff um there's a series on netflix that's pretty recent it's called spycraft um it's a super interesting docuseries about a lot of actual cia spycraft and some of the stuff we've talked about some of the shit that they got up to um not just during the cold war Mm -hmm. uh you got to take the imperialism with a grain of salt um it's you know there's definitely like you're talking to a lot of like they're talking to a lot of like old, like people that are either CIA historians or were like former agents and stuff. So oh, there's definitely like a, yeah, yeah. like a bent towards, we were always doing the right thing, even when right. they were obviously not, even when they know, <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. But they, they talk about a lot of like interesting things like gadgets and like actual like spy craft and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, there's also, um, it's it's been a while it's probably a couple years old but uh behind the bastards did a series on john dolis who was like uh not the founder of the cia but one of the first like heads of it that was like super influ- influential and like interesting responsible okay. for a lot of this shit yeah, um, yeah, yeah and they talk about a lot of uh the crazy shit that got into it i think that's where they i heard about some of the uh cia nearly starting a nuclear war a couple times um gotcha, gotcha. but wow but yeah uh those are those are some good sources if you want to like uh learn more about some of the wild ass shit the cia has gotten in, into it's just just absolutely crazy like it, it's so funny that i mean even in the very beginning too wait you're gonna hire a magician to write a book i mean <laughs> we brought that to the table it's just Dude, crazy but like like uh you got to think about it though i mean almost everyone who's been in charge in government in the u.s and the uk mm-hmm. has been drunk as fuck most of the time oh sure sure like uh yeah. kissinger and nixon were mm-hmm. fucking bombed oh nixon all the half his time. oh yeah 100 percent. um and like uh churchill fucking drunk as fuck all the time yeah. um yeah yeah and, like, the, oh, and these are the people that's leading <laughs> yeah uh, so i yeah, i can crazy. see them being like yeah that's a fucking great idea <laughs> go, call go with it <laughs> you so, know it's crazy I don't know. You know, and again, you know, fun jaunt. And, and, you know, and yes, some of this is really fun. And we laughed a bit with it. But, you know, at the same time, you know, the the, the morality of some of the stuff, 
it's like, my God, you know, you stoop to new lows. You know, it's just insane. It's insane. So, well, people will do a lot in the name of what they consider national security and national interests. Yeah. Um, Sad. Especially if the people that are getting hurt by it are people that they consider less than, right. you know? Right. Because yep. if you notice a lot of the, a lot of the worst shenanigans they got up to involved uh, not white people. Yep. You know? Yep. Which, which again, that's a whole nother, whole nother story. So anyway, yeah. well, we're hoping you guys kind of enjoyed that because it was, uh, it just fun to write, fun to research uh, and to get a hold of. So um, that is, I think, episode three, I want to say. Um, we are, so a couple little tidbits to wrap up with. Uh, we've got uh, some guests lined up. Uh, I think we have one next uh, next week or the week after. I've been waiting to get this guy on for a long time, so hopefully it comes to fruition. Uh, should be a fun conversation there. And then, Josh, actually, I just want to say thank you on air. You've been uh, awesome with uh, editing and getting this little project. We've been <laughs> We've been talking to you guys about what? We've been Almost threatening to year. try and do something with the YouTube channel for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I think you know something's actually coming around with it. Um, so we got some fun stuff. Uh, Patreons, you're already aware that it's there for you to listen to. Um, and then for the regular listeners, we're going to kind of recycle them out once we get ahead of the game a bit. You'll see stuff on YouTube. You'll see, and they're just like little bits and clips in between episodes. But fun stuff, you know, just interesting facts that we're throwing out there to you guys. So yeah, forgive some of the jankiness in the editing. I'm not a professional. Um, you and I don't not. claim to be right. Neither, so, one of us, neither one of us do. Um, so. But yeah, uh, patrons, you get it first. So go check it out on strange uncles or sorry, patreon.com slash strange uncles. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, after we've uh, given everyone who monetarily helps support the show a chance to check it out, uh, we may or may not. Re- well, we'll release at least some of it on the YouTube channel. Cause uh, you know, we want to give you something there more than just a, uh, the logo and a audio file, right? You know exactly. Well, and they're nice too. They're easy, uh, easier to digest in a full hour, hour and fifteen, whatever episodes we usually throw out weekly. Uh, these are short little snippets. You know, they really don't go longer than 10, 15 minutes. Easy to digest. Nice little facts for you. Um, so you know, let us know. Like I said, you write us. You know, give us your feedback. You can write us at strangeuncles at gmail dot com, um, and you can find us on all podcast platforms. Tell your friends about us. Yada yada yada. Uh, what do you got on your side, man? Uh, yeah, uh, you can check us out at Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instagram um, and at Strange Uncles on Twitter. And uh, we, the aforementioned YouTube channel, I think it's just Strange Uncles. Yeah, um, just Strange Uncles channel. Yep. yep. And uh, yeah, um, we're not super active because it's just the two of us. So sometimes we forget to post stuff. Yeah, don't on, for, forget on us. the social medias, but Life has uh, I do way. try to <laughs> check it occasionally. So if you send us a message there or anything, we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll get back at you at some point. Yep, for sure, for sure. You know, and like I said, you know, uh, I actually had a change in my uh, my work, um, so I'm going to be a different kind of busy. And so every now and again, you know, like I said, we may miss uh, miss a punch, but if we do, you know, we'll make it up to you guys on the backside, um, <laughs> backside for sure. And then we'll just go from there. So yeah. Yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I don't have anything else, man. You got anything? Nope, I'm good. Awesome, awesome. Appreciate everybody. Uh, Try not to hate the CIA too much. Close the gates. Or do. Or do. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)